This is the Mike Salk Show. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On 710 ESPN Seattle. I'm bummed out about Macklemore. He's get this. fun. I'm bummed out. That was our, I was enjoying him. You never know with like, you know, people from the entertainment world. Sometimes they come on shows like this and like, you know, like comedians can have a challenge sometimes. Like you've got to be funny immediately. And then like they're sort of disappointing or you don't really know how to talk to them. Like the chemistry can be really funky. I don't know. That's just been my experience. I'm sure a lot of it is my own personal weakness. But that's been my experience over the years in uh, in talking to folks from the entertainment world. But I was really excited. I thought Macklemore right off the bat. I mean, he's a huge sports fan. He was that video you showed me is crazy. He's like a few feet away from the Richard Sherman tip. He's right there. He's in that corner standing right there. He might have the best view of that of anybody in the world. I remember watching because he used to do these really awesome uh, YouTube vlogs, not to get too far into this. But when that came out thinking he is at the quintessential moment. Yeah. In Seattle sports history. He's right there. He seems like somebody who I would love to have, like, come in and, like, co-host for an hour and, like, just talk about Seattle sports, really knows his stuff. So, uh, it's kind of a bummer. Oh, well. We'll see if we can uh, hook something up for the future. They owe us now, so maybe we can uh, hook something up with Macklemore. Well, we had people asking the where future. the store is. So, again, it's Capitol Hill, 10th yes. Avenue. 10th Avenue, Capitol Google Hill. Bogey boys. It does look cool. While you're there, watch that video that he made of the 71 Masters, like a whole joke about the 71 Masters that he and his friends filmed. It's funny. It reminds me of stuff like people I would have known would have made, like people I know have made where they're just sort of like messing around and having fun with a goofy idea, except he's got enough money and, and fame and stuff to be able to afford like actual cameras and effects and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a creative dude. I like that. People, yeah, people like to hate on. Him. I really, I'm a, I'm a fan. Why do people want to hate on? I don't him? know, just because he blew up. I guess people really? it's just immediately where people go with oh, it. Oh well, that seems unfair. He's a Seattle guy and a and a good one. All right, uh, let's move it along here. Jerry Depoto joins us every Thursday at eight thirty and uh, takes the time this morning. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? Morning, Mike. Uh, the sun came up this morning, ready to go. And yeah. Try to win out here. Was that kind of how it feels after? I mean, yesterday's a bummer. I know we were all bummed, and and we all had we all had that exact same feeling as Kelnick's ball was heading down the right field line that this could be that exact moment we've all been waiting for, and to see it go what's eighteen inches maybe foul to the to the right side of that line. What goes through your mind in that moment? I mean, it, it would have been a huge moment, obviously, and you know, in, in retrospect, we all walk out feeling a lot different than than. Ultimately, we did, but you know it didn't happen. And uh, I'll touch on what we discussed last Thursday, which is these moments having a chance to to go up, take those types of at bats, and pitch the types of innings that our young pitchers are pitching in these situations is just invaluable mm-hmm. for our growth. And, and I think yesterday was too. Um, you know, disappointing end aside, it was a, a phenomenal series with the Red Sox. I thought we played. You know, neck. Well, we did. We played neck and neck with them the whole series, and you know that's that that's we're showing ourselves we can, which this team this team knows. Did you uh, did you hear any of Kelnick post game and, and what he said about that at bat? He he really went through his process. Have you heard the sound of this? I haven't heard the sound, but I'm pretty sure I know what I'll hear. Yeah, let me play it for you. I'm kind of curious to get your reaction. I thought this was a really fascinating insight into what goes into a major league at bat, but. This was uh, Kelnick talking about his final at bat there. We were looking at the scouting report, and when he was ahead in the count, he threw a lot of sliders. And so I was looking for something out over the plate, 
and really just, you know, my hands are quick enough to react to the fastball and just try to fight that pitch off. I was kind of looking for that, that hanger that he was going to try to freeze me on. I, I think he saw me fall off a fastball there and bought me to the next pitch. And then uh, he threw his change up like 3% of the time. And that 3% of the time he used it against me there. Is that what you're expecting? Pretty much. You know, I, I think, and 3% of the time, I, I think the actual number was that was the second changeup Adam Adovino's thrown this year. <laughs> so it's uh, he uh, good good on Jared for putting on a great at bat, for being aware of how he pitches and goes about it. And, you know, Adovino is about mid-90s and, and what I think is one of the league's better sliders. And, and Jared went up there with the right mindset. And a pitcher who's been around, who's had a fair bit of success, saw that he was on him and grinding through in at bat and he made an adjustment and and frankly he threw a pitch that none of us could have expected him to throw and, and he threw it really well so it's uh it, chalk it up i can't even really say it's a lesson learned because there's no way in that situation you shouldn't do exactly what jared did and you know it just didn't work again we 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 lost out by a foot and a half but it was, it's a it's a foot and a half that will do a lot of good for the growth of Jared Kelnick and, and other players that were involved in that game. When I hear that and think about a guy throwing just a second changeup all year, and I think about some of the managers that have gone to you know their tough lefties in order to face him this season, it sure seems to to me anyway that he's gotten the the he's being treated as if he is already a really good player and a good hitter who's established himself. Is that common? For, for a rookie like him to get that kind of treatment? I don't think it's common for a rookie. I, I do think that there's been enough, uh, I guess, fanfare around here that that was not unexpected. And, you know, he and I have had a conversation where we discussed that. They know who you are. They know where you are all the time. And, you know, and to that point, the umpires know who you are. And, you know, and they're going to test you from time to time and, and see how far they can push you. And, you know, part of growth as a major league player is being able to adapt to that, to overcome. And uh, to some extent, we all had to go through it. You know, the, the tighter strike zone, the, the wider strike zone, the, the, the pitchers who, who are going to throw you breaking stuff until you show you can hit it. And, and the pitchers who are going to do the same. It's a, it's, it's a, a very unique back and forth for a young player to, to break in at the major league level. And, and I think Jared's experienced all of that and then some in his first year. Jerry, we had uh, John Stanton on yesterday as we were announcing the continuation of our partnership between the Mariners and 710 ESPN Seattle, a multi-year extension to our deal. So you guys will still uh, be heard right here on this station, which we're super excited about. And I, I was asking him about you and, and your extension from just a couple of weeks ago, and he had some really nice, kind, uh, supportive things to say about you, unsurprisingly. But one thing he mentioned is that you, he said that this year, since he had moved into a slightly different role, that you guys talk almost daily. And so I, it just makes me, what do you guys talk about? Sometimes we talk about the team. Uh, most of the time we talk about the, the growth of our baseball organization, how we, we move forward. You know, I, I think John, and it, it comes off this way in his, in his public-facing personality, he's a very good person who loves the Mariners, and he's a fan of our team. So we'll talk about the young players in A-ball. We'll talk about the players at the major league level. We'll talk occasionally about strategy, but that's really not how John is wired. He's more of a big-picture thinker. 
And, you know, those are exciting things for me because, you know, we are trying to grow something, you know, broader in its spectrum than just simply tonight's game. And, and he's interested in hearing about that. And, and he's often got suggestions from a managerial or from a business building type of, of perspective. And, and, you know, whatever businesses we're all in, we've all, you know, had to, to manage and, and, and deal with the, the element of people mm. and, ensuring their growth. And, and that's something that's really important to John as well is, is the growth of, of the 160 ish people who work in baseball operations and talking through that. And sometimes we'll talk about wine. <laughs> so it's just, you know, <laughs> roughly everything in between. Well, I'm not, it's, it's something I don't, I don't know that people recognize as being something that's an important skill for someone in your job, which is what did you say? 160 people or so that report up to you. You don't just, you know, have to know baseball and no trades and no free agents and no negotiation. You need to be a leader of people. You need to manage a group. It's not just you pulling the trigger on every trade, waking up one day and saying, hey, let's call the Royals and make a deal. You've got a large staff that you actually have to be a manager for. And I, I think that's my primary job, which is something, you know, when I first became a general manager may not have been the, the way that I approached it. And, you know, we all evolve over the years. And I think that's the thing that that has become a primary focus for me. And, you know, I, as a as a player personnel director, you know, back in, in you know, 15 years ago, uh, that was a job that I loved because you needed to know your roster, the minor league system, the the, the global baseball, I guess, the pool of players that that existed around you. And and I still have some of that in my skill set, but now more often I wind up, you know, spending my time on the growth of the directors and department, the managers at every level, the curriculum that we put in place for player growth. Because, it, you know, planting the seeds is really the job. Mm. And, you know, as a result, I spend a lot more of my time with Justin Hollander, with Andy McKay, with our scouting directors, talking about how it's going to grow. And, I've, and I think I've said this in just this way before, you know, the major league club, throw the keys to Scott, you know, work with the group, build the roster, and then get out of the way and don't get too in the weeds on on trying to dictate or arrange for strategy. That's not my job. Let me uh, let me read you some numbers, and I'm going to guess that you'll know exactly what these numbers refer to. 42 games, 373 average, 476 on base, 570 slugging for a 1046 OPS, 59 hits, 10 doubles, 7 home runs, 32 runs, 25 driven in, 28 walks, 35 strikeouts, and 14 of 16 in stolen bases. I'm assuming you know what those numbers are. I believe that may be Julio. That's Julio Rodriguez since his promotion to Double A. What kind of player is this kid going to be? <laughs> uh, I, I hope just what you just walk through uh, from a statistical perspective, and we're even more impressed by the person. And, you know, you can squeeze in there somehow, manage to slip away twice and join Team Dominican Republic <laughs> right. to win a medal. And, uh, and, and have a very, uh, what I would call, positive impact on the Mariners, despite the fact that he's not yet, you know, come within a level of, of the major leagues. It's, he has a, he has a, a vibrant way about him that just attracts people, teammates that, that creates clubhouse, I, I guess, harmony in a, in a fun together type of way. And, 
really looking forward to when he gets here to Seattle. And I, I, he is an ultra talented player who, you know, we feel like is, is right on the doorstep. And that's, uh, you know, a lot of what we're doing right now, as you know, is laying the foundation for what we think is a long run mm-hmm. of successful, uh, I guess we've called it, you know, sustainable championship rosters here. And, and we think that's happening as we speak. And we know that, that Julio is part of, of, of that when it starts to, to really flourish. We were trying to figure out who he's built like. We had a texter who said maybe he's built like A-Rod. Is that a, is that a, a fair comp for his body type? Yeah, I mean, it looks a little like A-Rod, younger version. Uh, I, a guy that always comes to mind is, you know, I don't, you will remember this, is the, the young version of Jesse Barfield oh, man. with the Blue Jays. Uh, you know, that, that really just physical, athletic look. And, and I, I'll say this, too, about Julio, that he has done a remarkable job as he's matured. Uh, typically, as players mature, they gain strength, and in Julio's case, he gained strength, and he really toned his body in a in a different way than than we might have expected when he was 16 years old, and which goes to show how gray an area scouting can be. But he's uh, he actually made himself faster, which is maybe the tool in baseball that doesn't naturally evolve once you get into your 20s. And you know, he, he did. He went out and he worked hard on it, and he got faster, which is hard to do. Jesse Barfield, career 800, 802 OPS. That guy was pretty good. I remember him as a kid. Thanks, Jerry. We appreciate it, man. This is uh, always good to do, and we'll do it again next week. All right, Mike. Look forward to it.